success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And do I have an invincible one to introduce you to today? Stacy Francis is the president and CEO of Francis Financial, a fee-only boutique wealth management, financial planning, and divorce financial planning firm dedicated to providing ongoing comprehensive advice for successful individuals, couples, and women in transition such as divorce or widowhood. She's a certified financial planner, certified divorce financial analyst, and certified estate and trust specialist with over 20 years of experience in the financial industry. Stacy is also the founder of the nonprofit Savvy Ladies, host of the Financially Ever After podcast, and the author of the white paper, Unveiling the Unspoken Truth, the financial challenges women face during and after divorce and financial help for widows, a complete resource guide. Oh my gosh, am I excited to talk to you about finance today. Stacey Francis, welcome to She's Invincible. Thank you, Cami. And I'm so excited to be here because I feel like we all are invincible, but we just sometimes need a little help along the way. That's right. Oh my gosh, you couldn't have said that any better. I love that. And we it's true. And it's a great reminder that sometimes we just need a little help, right? Yeah, so exactly. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners, how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? You're so sweet. Um, yeah, I will be honest, Cammie, I was not one of those girls that ever thought that they were going to become a financial advisor. In fact, I was the one who sat in the back of the class and, you know, I, I wear glasses. So you can imagine not only was I sitting in the back of the class, but um, I couldn't see the board either. I, I never thought that I would go into a, a, a field with, with numbers, but I learned very young at a very young age, very early on how important it is for women to understand money and be actually empowered around their money. Um, because I watched my grandmother really struggle. She was in an abusive marriage and she never left. And Cammie, she shared with me um, part of the reason why she stayed. And it's because she felt financially trapped, which quite frankly, she was. There was, in addition to physical abuse, financial abuse. And growing up with that as a little girl and then into my 20s, it again, taught me a very valuable lesson of how for women, money is, it's not just about Gucci bags. It's, it, it can be about your own, your own physical, let alone financial security. Sure. So what did you want to be when you were young? What were you thinking you wanted to be when you grew up? 
from the back of the room with glasses, right? Yeah. So I, um, I went to school and, uh, I studied French and I minored in Spanish at a small little liberal arts called Middlebury college. And, um, about halfway through, I ended up, um, adding a second major, which was, uh, economics and finance because, um, it was really in my late teens, early twenties that I, started to really understand what was going on and and what the struggles my grandmother was facing. Um, And so I came to New York City. I grew up in Michigan in the country, about as far from New York City life as you could imagine. Um, Got a job on Wall Street and uh, threw myself in. It was quite a first job out of college. It was very tough. Um, It was, you know, 80, 90. I logged a few hundred hour work weeks too. And I was the only woman out of about 50 men in my department, um, except for the receptionists and uh, admin assistants. So, um, wow, what a what an intro to to finance. But I persevered. Um, it gave me the courage to to eventually start my own firm and and make the difference that I I really am striving to do every day. I love that, and I love how you give back. And we're going to talk more about that today while we're here, but tell us what makes you invincible. You know, my, my husband and my children will call it that I'm stubborn, but I like to think about it that I have a lot of grit. Um, I started a charity when I was 26 called Savvy Ladies in honor of grandmother. My grandma, essentially my love letter to her, she unfortunately ended up passing away because of the abuse. And the year after I started a wealth management firm, Francis Financial, where we, again, work with women going through divorce and and widowhood. And, you know, starting one business, let alone two businesses, was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, Cammie. It um, was brutal, the number of hours I worked. It also was very difficult financially because I'm supporting a nonprofit with the profits from a brand new business. That's a wealth management firm. So it was, it was really hard, but I have to tell you that what made me invincible was the passion and my mission to make sure that what happened to my grandmother never happens again to women, to other women, that every woman feels financially secure and that she has the opportunities and possibilities that that money can provide. And it's something that still drives me every morning to get up early, to do a little bit more work, to try and help in a, and just help a little bit more. And it's also what's helped me cross some of those hurdles because, I mean, there's been numerous tears, Cami. Um, I feel like we we look at people around us, especially with Facebook, social media, Instagram, and you you see the real highlights, just the the highlights of the real, yeah, but not the real story, right? And the real story is is typically, at least for me, just really hard, really mm-hmm. hard, yeah. And you, you were, you know, so vested in this passion project when it started that you were willing to pay whatever price you had to pay 
And, you know, and I know that from your story, and I'm sure we'll get into more of that. But I think that makes it even more difficult because and, you know, as you say, like your kids and husband would call it stubborn, but I think you were just invincible. I think you were just not willing to let anyone take away what you were really running for because of the passion that was driving it. And I think that is so amazing and yet so difficult, right? As you share, you know, how hard you worked and the sacrifices you made and you you weren't getting ahead. It was all going into this passion project, which still I understand. Um, and I want to talk more about that as we go further into this conversation. But uh, the difference that all of that work and sacrifice has made for so many women. I, I like, I mean, I can't even wrap my head around that. And I, I really want to share that with our listeners. So let's jump into our topic because I think we're going to cover a lot of things there. So you're really um, working right now. You're specializing in uh, helping women in, that are divorced or widowed with their finances. That's tricky and very different, right? So let's jump yeah. into a little bit about what that looks like and and maybe some tips for women who have either gone through one or both of those things. Yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting. There's a lot of similarities, even though it's a different circumstance of losing a spouse, whether it's through a, a divorce or unfortunately, a, a you know, a death. The vast majority of women um, that we work with were not really in the driver's seat of the finances. So for them, um, many times it's their first time being solely responsible for their finances. And we don't realize it, um, but the studies show eight out of 10 women at some point, we are going to be on our own and 100% 100 responsible for our own financial decisions. And it's very clear that women who are going through the divorce process or right after losing a spouse is one of the most vulnerable times financially where you can be making decisions that impact you not just for the next year or two, but really for the rest of your life. And unless you get the right advice um, and and make the, and you could potentially make some mistakes that really, really impact you. So, you know, the most important things that I, 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 when I talk to women is getting a real handle, a temperature check on what do the finances really look like? And in the two books that you mentioned, um, the Unveiling the Unspoken Truth for Women Going Through Divorce, as far as the Financial Resource Guide for Widows, we have fantastic worksheets in there, Cami, that can help you walk through that process of really identifying what all your assets are and your liabilities, understanding all the different bank accounts, brokerage accounts, retirement accounts, the value of your home, um, any other assets. And then also on the other side, do you have any mortgages, home equity line of credits, outstanding credit card debt, um, student loans even, uh, or um, you know potentially auto loans. So having a real clear picture of, okay, this is what we look at. This is, this is where I am. And it's almost like jumping on the scale after you've been on vacation. I don't know how you <laughs> how that 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 shows up for you, but after a really lovely vacation with lots of food, I jump <laughs> on the scale and you know I'm almost closing my eyes for like what is it going to really say? But I have to say, at least I know, right? That's right. That's right. And often it's not as bad as I expect, which is good too. 
And it's the same thing too with your finances with like, get a real handle on what do things actually look like? Um, and then the second piece is, is really understanding your spending. 95% of individuals underestimate their spending. And it's the same reason that we tend to, um, you know, underestimate, let's say, how much we're eating, unless we really write it down. So the same thing with your spending as you're eating, if you really want to know where what's going in and out of your budget is to use a tool or to write it down. And mitt.com is a great resource. Personal Capital also has a great tracker too. And it um, you connect it with your bank account, with your checking, your uh, credit card accounts. And Kami, it tracks all your spending. It also categorizes it because you can't make good decisions about do you want to stay in the primary home? Do you need to downsize? Do you need to go back to work? Can you afford to still send your children to college? Unless you know, number one, what the assets look like and the debts. But then secondly, what the cost of your lifestyle is. Um, and so those are two just imperative, have to know things, particularly for women who are now on their own, because the highest population of women living in poverty above age 65 are women who are widows or they've been divorced. And the biggest risk to your long-term financial security is having either of those events. So, you know, being really smart about knowing what you have, what you don't have, and, you know, what decisions you need to make is, is really the, the most wonderful thing you can do for yourself to ensure that you're financially secure, you know, not only today, but, but Cammy, you know, out to age 95, for sure. us women, I mean, we are modeling out in our financial plans, at least to age 95. Isn't that amazing? Like, you know, we, we've had so many advances in healthcare that we're living forever, but they didn't calculate the finances that way, for sure, yeah. right? Oh, my gosh. Well, this is amazing. And I love what you're doing. And it really, it's providing security for other women. And I know it spans so much more than what we've even talked about. So. We also were going to talk a little bit about investing, right? Mm. So we've got all of these different things. Now we're going from zero to 100, right? So, you know, where does that come in? Like investing in retirement when you look at a woman who's been divorced or widowed and, you know, getting that big picture, like is, yeah. is there ever a case where you're like, you can't afford to invest or is it like you can't afford not to invest? It's actually the latter, and I'm glad you brought that up. And there are three things to think about with investing. Um, the first is that the way that your investments were, were structured in your retirement or, or taxable brokerage accounts when you are married, most likely is not going to be what's right for you now as a single woman. It's like, can you fit into your husband's pair of pants or your ex-husband's? Um, for most of us, the answer is no. Well, nor does that portfolio really fit for you potentially going forward. Because what we find is that that portfolio often needs to be much more robust. The majority of our clients were having to take money from their portfolio to supplement their living expenses. And so it needs to be invested differently with growth, with income. And so that's one piece is number one, know that the portfolio you had when you were married most likely is not the right one for you. The second thing is um, exactly what you said. You can't afford not to invest because this is money that needs to be here for you out to age 95. 
So even if you're in your 40s, your 50s, or your 60s, 60s, we're still looking at a time frame of investing for 35 years. So the days of feeling like you're being safe and putting it under the mattress, um, it's actually very dangerous because that money is not going to keep up with inflation and it's not going to grow for you and your portfolio won't be there when you need it in your golden years. So making sure that you are investing. And one of the challenges I find with us ladies is that sometimes we'll invest a little too conservatively. And for women in particular, we do live longer. We have also higher healthcare expenses when we are older and often we're entering retirement with fewer assets. So you may need to have a little bit more boost in your portfolio, a little bit more in the area of stocks than let's say even some of our male counterparts. Um, and the third thing is, is that investing is not rocket science. I know that it can be extremely intimidating. When I entered this field, um, investing is the area that frightened me the most. Mm, 20 some years later, I could talk about this stuff. It's my fun thing. But, but I realized that I'm a little bit of a nerd in that way. For the, for the average person, investing can be kind of intimidating. And so what I would say is number one, get your right team in place. If you have an advisor that you like already, stay with them. If you don't find one, and there are advisors that work all different ways from retainers to uh, charging as a percentage of what they're managing to hourly, where you just go and see them like you would for a doctor's checkup. So there's an advisor for you wherever you land in that. But don't do it alone because having that teammate to help bounce ideas off of, answer questions, and most importantly, help you during that time when the stock market is being a little crazy. And yes. we've seen a whole lot of that over the last couple of years, Cami. And um, you do want someone to be there to, to to hold your hand and to, you know, step through that journey with you. Yes. You know, Stacey, it's so scary for women, especially when they're, you know, either married or or then they're widowed that they get the first time they're an adult yeah. who's alone and they have to make big girl decisions when they've always had someone they could look to as kind of their guide, right? Or the security to know like, well, if it doesn't work out, we have each other, right? And and when they're in this situation, that's not the case. And and the as you say, like the stock market, everything is crazy right now financially in the world. So is there any certain place that you recommend over another right now that is like the safest place uh, for women that could be a little, you know, they could get risky if they wanted to and, you know, and, and, pretty well fair, you know, okay. Yeah. So actually, um, I have a great suggestion that will help you not worry about what's going on in the market. And the first thing is building that emergency fund, three to six months of your living expenses so that if the roof you have to replace, if the car breaks down, you've got money that you can access ASAP. Any money that you might need for the next one to three years, maybe it's a um, a down payment, maybe it's a vacation, that too is going to go into a separate account and that's going to be in cash. That's going to allow you to invest in a really nice mix of stocks and bonds in your long-term savings accounts, knowing that whatever the market does, the ups and downs, 
you're not going to have to tap it, right? Because you've got your emergency fund for the oh no's. You've got another fund where you have designated money you might need in the next one to three years for down payment, for large vacations, for things like that, so that that money can grow. And you don't have to worry that, oh my gosh, I need to tap into it. And the stock market just dropped 20% like it did last year. Yeah. So that's a great way. And the other tool I would say is those two cash accounts, um, have them in separate accounts and name them. So when you go onto the dashboard at Chase, at Citibank, wherever, have it be emergency fund, worry-free fund. Get really clear, get, get fun. But the second one, let's say it's for house down payment. Instead of house down payment, just write dream home down payment in the Hamptons. The more <laughs> studies have shown, the more um, specific we are with the titling of these different accounts in our bank accounts, the less likely we are to use them for ancillary reasons that are not really what they're for. Um, so these are just kind of some tools to help to keep us on track. And also so that you don't feel like you have to watch CNBC every day to know what's going on in the market with your portfolio. Yeah. Because a good, it's great to check in once, you know, once every quarter of how things are going. Um, you know, if you're comfortable, even better once a month. But the the day-to-day, you're going to end up giving yourself a heart attack. And we do see also, Cami, people who check their investment accounts and the balances more frequently tend to be the ones who also end up making mistakes and selling when the market goes down because they're so frightened mm-hmm. that it's never going to come back. And some of those people have lost, you know, 10, 20, even 30% and never recovered because they got out of the market. That's scary. That in itself scares me. I would stay away from that, that scenario for sure. So Stacy, would it be safe to say then if you don't have those two accounts funded and set up, that you probably shouldn't start investing yet? Yeah, I, I would exactly say that, Cammy. Um, you know, get that emergency fund, get that going. And then also if there's something else like a, a you know, a down payment fund or something, a, maybe a car you want to purchase, um, that's a number one thing to do because I will tell you that people end up in credit card debt because of those unexpected one-time expenses that they don't have planned for. Mm. And that's the last thing that you ever want to have happen. The other thing that I've seen are people who don't have that emergency fund, but they have a fully cushioned 401k. Something happens and they have to take out of that 401k or that IRA and they have to take that out and pay not only ordinary income taxes to the government, but also penalties. Right. It's pretty, pretty difficult. I have a a woman who came to us who um, bought a house for her daughter in Colorado and she was supposed to be selling her own home and it was supposed to perfectly mesh that her house sale would come in. She could use it to buy her daughter a house. Her house sale fell through she had to liquidate all of her retirement accounts, pay the taxes and pay the penalties. So for every dollar she took out, 
the amount that she actually got in her pocket after taxes and penalties was 50%. That's at 50 cents. Oh, that's so painful just, to even hear You just don't about. want to do that, right? You don't want the, that to be your story. Oh my goodness. No. no, and recovering from that, I mean, it's going to take her, Cammy. it's going to take her years to rebuild. And unfortunately, yeah, like you, that's, that's like there, you would still have years, but they're not the highest income earning years, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's tough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We don't want that story, Stacey. Nope. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about, I mean, I know we just covered a lot of this in the roadmap to financial security with having those two things. Is there anything else that you would like to add to that to kind of gear these women to what's the right thing to do? Yeah, so definitely, um, you know, we talked about, again, just as a recap, understanding your assets, your liabilities, really getting clear on those expenses and using some of those tools such as mint.com to track them automatically for you, make it a little easier. Um, but then also getting your money to work um, with investing and having that backup emergency fund. There are so many pieces um, out there that are important. Um, but one of the things that um, a lot of women don't think about is their estate planning. Every single person who has gone through a, the divorce process or their spouse has passed away, um, it is not a nice to, it is a must to update your estate planning documents. You're going to need to choose a new power of attorney. So someone who can make uh, financial decisions for you if you can't, a new uh, medical directive, medical dire um, power of attorney, that's someone who would make uh, healthcare decisions for you if you can't. Um, you want to update all your beneficiaries as well. If you have young children, you want to make sure that you're not leaving money to them directly, that um, you set up a trust uh, as well. Um, you know, these are all really important things to, to look at. And no one enjoys the state planning process. Right. Who who likes to talk about death? But I, I was talking to an estate planning attorney yesterday and she said something that just really, Cammie, it clicked with me. And she said, anyone who loves their family and loves their children will do estate planning because otherwise they're leaving one of the worst messes for them to have to clean up. And She's so right. Oh, I can attest to that. I know she's right because it happened to me. So, oh, no. yeah, well, yeah, with my dad. So and that was it was a mess. And uh, yep. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that you just said that because that couldn't be truer words right there. Yeah. And we need to, do you know, that. and the thing I too have to say is, you know, whatever your financial situation, you you can find a way to get these documents in place affordably. So there's a lot of great resources. Um, you don't have to be working with a lawyer that charged $400 an hour. There, there are a lot of ways to get really solid estate planning documents in place without having to, you know, pay a, an arm and a leg to do so. Yeah, that would be something we definitely want to provide as far, you know, for our listeners. So I'll, I'll do some research on that and, uh, We'll get that in the show notes yeah. for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. That... And actually for the show notes too, you can, um, for everyone here, we've talked a little bit about it, Cammie, but uh, the the charity I started is called Savvy Ladies. And we have so many women that reach out to us. So we match 5,000, listen, 5,000 women who are financially vulnerable 
with certified financial planners and financial experts to work free of charge every year. That is amazing. That just blows my mind. 5,000. That's huge. 5,000. And we have over 225 volunteers, everything from divorce financial analysts like myself, I am a volunteer to people who are credit experts, to estate planning experts, to you name it, credit card debt. And all you have to do is go to SavvyLadies.org and it's S-A-V-V-Y, two Vs because it's very, very good, SavvyLadies.org. In addition to the helpline that you'll see where you can work one-on-one with advisor for free, um, you'll also see there are hundreds of TED Talk-like workshops, seminars, videos on the website of any financial topic you can imagine. In addition, we offer ongoing um, panels and discussions every single week of any topic. In fact, there's a one coming up that's on estate planning. So that's very timely for what we're talking about. But uh, again, please reach out to Savvy Ladies. It's a great resource. And again, it's there to help you and, and guide you through some of these really difficult transitions and to give you the support you need. I love that. And a quick question for you, Stacey. Uh, at Savvy Ladies, do they have programs where um, for people that are not financially challenged? Like, are there also, you know, so that anybody yep. could go there and find someone credible that they could work with that they yeah, could trust? Actually, that is what's really special, Cami, is that we do not income test. You have a question, reach out to us. And I did that on purpose. Because my grandmother was not a woman who people would say was financially in need, but but she needed help, right? right. She needed advice. And that's what I am most proud of is that um, this is available for anyone. And we have women that will call us who are in the divorce process and they have a Hamptons home worth five million and the New York City penthouse worth 10. And, you know, can I keep both? What does that look like? And and I know that no one is is strumming, you know, like doing the violin for for that person. But I will tell you though, Cami, if she doesn't make the right decisions and makes mistakes, I see what happens when she comes to us through Francis Financial, and she has nothing left. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, and. A lot of a lot of people will come to, but then we'll have other women who um, are going through a divorce. Their spouse has passed away. Maybe there wasn't even life insurance, and it's it's down to like razor sharp thin budgets to make it work. Um, and again, we have experts that can help in in any any way. There, I love that. That is so amazing. Thank you for doing that. You know, like. It, it was a lot that you went through and I love how you use that to make the world a better place and to help other people along the way. And that is just amazing to me. And 5,000 people, Stacey Francis, that's a lot of people to help. Wow. It's great. Um, you know, I started, I was so young <laughs> and, and I had, and I'll be honest, Cammy, I had no money. Um, and so I would have women over in my apartment in New York city um, I had two kitties and bless no one was allergic and they'd go from lap to lap getting loves. Um, I think there were 12 women. I made all the food by hand because I couldn't afford anything else. Um, 
you know, and, and, and here we are, um, you know, literally tens of thousands of women have gone through our, our programs. We have, um, 250 self-paced courses that you can take, um, even in Spanish. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. And it feels, it feels really good to make a difference. And, you know, for us, our biggest challenge with Savvy Ladies is just getting more of the word out. Um, we don't have a big marketing budget. Um, we just want to, you know, let more women know that it's there. And there's, again, there's no, there's no um, cost. And also the advisors are not allowed to work with the clients afterwards, after a volunteer, they volunteer to make it again, just so that there's no worry that anyone have. It's truly just about helping. And I will tell you, our advisors are, are really, really cool people who want to give back. That is amazing. So Stacey, how can people that are listening support Savvy Ladies? What, oh my gosh, you're so kind. Yeah, like oh, let's tell them so because kind. it's such an amazing cause. Like what are some ways that people listening can come forward and say, hey, like yeah. I want to I want to be a part of this. Like maybe they're not a financial expert, but maybe they have finances they can donate or or yeah. time or something. Tell us, well, how can first they thing, You know, spread the news, spread the news to any women that you love in your life um, as a resource. Also, um, we are always looking for donations. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. Obviously, everything is tax deductible. You can go right on the website to make a donation. Um, and also just something really cool. And this is, again, we're a national organization. We work with women in all 50 states. Uh, we have our upcoming gala in November 2023. Um, it's going to be both in person and also streamed uh, with some really cool interactive things just for the online um, uh, the online participants. And that's going to be in November. You can go right on the website. Um, we are finalizing the day. It'll be November 1st or 2nd. And that I will tell you is just a fantastic evening. In fact, what we often will see is women will have watch parties with girlfriends um, and loved ones in their homes. They'll stream it. Um, and, and actually they get to go live on the event because we'll send them these fantastic video things where they can like, you know, it's almost like the Oscars where you get to go to all the watch parties and see everybody, you know, having drinks and having fun. Um, we do that. So it's a great resource. And again, it's SavvyLadies.org. And um, it, it, it really it has become what it is today because of the amazing volunteers and supporters that we have. It, you know, obviously I've done a lot, but there's no way that it, you know, it could be what it is without that. And um, yeah, really fantastic. That is amazing. And where is the live location? Is it in New York City? New York City. Ugh. Yeah. So if you want to come to the Big Apple, I, I can guarantee we will show you a great time. Oh, a really yes, wonderful I do. Time. <laughs> I'm yeah. an hour train ride from you. I'll, I'll yep. definitely put that on my calendar. That's amazing. Oh, this is so fun. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for for just sharing all of this wealth of knowledge here, but also for running with that idea. As you said, there's a lot of other people. You know, it takes just one person to come up with the idea and the passion to fuel it. And then it takes a village, right? And yeah, so yep. you have the whole village there that is is pitching in. And I know that some of our listeners are thinking right now. How can I help? So I love that. And just if you're thinking that all the links will be in the show notes, we'll make sure everything is in there for you. Just click the link and you can find your way to Stacy and 
find a way that you could be a part of this amazing vision that she has cast in the world and has been uh, feeding and fueling effortlessly. So, oh my gosh, with all of your work and your ideas and your brilliance, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing in the world. Amazing. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Now, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to share their expert zone of genius. And you've done that so well. But Stacy, we are not done because we also promised them that we are going to pull back the curtain because people are going to hear your story and they're going to think she's so lucky. She's so smart. She's so pretty. They think all these <laughs> things. They think all these things. And they have no idea the price you paid for the success that you enjoy today. So we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to tell a couple of quick stories. Are you ready? I'm ready to go. Awesome. Okay. This is my favorite part. So let's tell a story about the good or the greatest part of this journey to success. I 
feel so blessed, Cami, because for the first time, I can essentially take care of my family on my own and was able to tell my husband that we don't need your income anymore. Wow. Um, <laughs> not that he's retiring, but, you know, they're the things that now we're able to do for my family, um, college for my son. Uh, we were able to purchase a really gorgeous home in Vermont on uh, Stratton Mountain, which is my, like, it's like my dream home. Like, Cammy, I don't, every time I go, I just sit there and look around and say, I cannot believe we own this home. And it feels so good to be the breadwinner. It feels so good to be able to give my children options and opportunities. And it feels so good to, I guess, have made it, you know, and, and I continue to make it. I'm continuing to drive myself. But um, yeah, a lot of years of sacrifice because for the first 10 years of the charities work and Francis Financial, I was the lowest paid employee. Right. I remember and, talking about that and you put in the, uh, so many hours and yeah. worked full time and, and then contributed all of that money. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Well, you earned it. You, you know, that's almost like the good karma that comes back when you do all that work, right? It's not luck. It's hard work. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. when you work, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Right. Mm. I love that. I would love to hear from your husband. like. What did that feel like, right? For as the husband to have his wife come home and be like, dude, keep your money. <laughs> Do whatever you want. We don't need that. And then, and then as you said, and I feel like you spoke this from your from your heart in reality, when you said be very specific about that account, be about the money that's in there and how the more specific you are, the less likely you are to dip into it. And look at you today now with this dream home. So, you know, I have to ask you, is that what the account said when you were building that account for this dream home? You know, it's so funny, Cammie, because it it was. And I went back to my notes and I wrote out all the things I wanted to achieve and that I dreamed. And I remember some of those things I wrote. I was like, you know, Stace, you're smoking dope. Like, <laughs> really? Are you kidding and I found it and I looked back at it um, just about a month ago. And all of those things came to reality. And yeah, I was very specific. I was very clear. Um, and for me, the way that I find the best way to save is to map out each year what needs to go into each, each account and then just make that happen. And if I can't make that happen, then it means, okay, I need to dig into my spending to figure out like, why could I not reach that goal? Mm. And then try again the next year and do better. And it really helps me because once I've hit that savings goal, it's almost like it doesn't matter where your money's going, right? As long as it's not illegal, right? Yes. But, <laughs> but you know, often you know, we can feel really guilty about getting the venti latte at Starbucks when we don't necessarily have to feel guilty. Again, back to as long as we're hitting our savings goals, then spend your money in the way that most serves you 
and gives you the greatest joy in your life. I love that because, you know, just logically, that means you're going to make more because you're doing what you want with it and you're doing things that bring you joy, whether it's investing in savvy ladies or in your dream fund account or, you know, whatever it is, you you're going to just do all the right things and you'll make more because that drives you. I just love this conversation. I can't tell you how much. Congratulations. And thank you for sharing you know, it's it's one thing for people to speak textbook, but you're actually sharing here things you, Stacey Francis, did that worked that you can say, I did this and this is what happened and it works, right? Yeah, because you exactly. know it works. Yeah, I mean, people talk about theory all the time, but I want to see the muddy boots, right? I, that's yeah, what I want to exactly. see. Show me, show me the trail you took. Show me all of that. I want to see those muddy boots. Okay. Well, next, we're going to talk about the bad. So we'll save the ugly for last. But tell us a quick story about the bad part of the journey. Well, I'll tell you. um, We had our first turnover in staff at Francis Financial in seven years. And um, I will be honest, Cammie, it really hit me hard. And not only did it hit me, you know, emotionally, I was just so sad because I saw how hard the rest of the staff had to work. Yeah. And how hard it was on them. In addition to it being really, really hard on me. Um, it, it again, just reinforced for me how important it is to have the right people on the bus and to make sure that, that they're, happy and be re- being rewarded yeah. and know that they're appreciated, that they want to stay on the bus. Yes. And so it helped me kind of kick myself in the butt mm-hmm. to start succession planning. And I'm pretty young, at least I think I am. I'm in, I'm in my late forties, but the people I have that are part of Francis Financial they are the right people. And I want them to be my teammates for the rest of my career. And I want them to have this firm for their own, to be able to grow and and put their brilliance into it as well. Um, So while it was very hard, um, I mean, the hours I worked, Cammie, like there were 18 hour days. There were days where I don't quite remember them. But boy, was it a good lesson, Mm. a good lesson about, about, again, always making sure that we have extra capacity and then also building in that, that next group of people and giving them the opportunity to be owners. Um, So I'm really excited. I I am. And it was something that was really hard, um, Mm. but it was also some of those really hard things teach you the most. They make us better, don't they? Like they it do. was like you, like you said, there was a blind spot there. And then all of a sudden that opened your eyes to like, I need a succession plan. We don't really know what we need until we know, right? <laughs> until we, it, it's hard, but it's hard to ask the questions. We don't know sometimes what questions to ask. Right. And I think yeah. that, you know, I always say like, uh, forget their experience and remember the lesson. Right. And it sounds like you did that. Like you're able to like let go of what that was, but remember the lesson 
and go forward. And I think that makes us better and stronger, but it doesn't take the pain away, right? Like it's as real as it's raw and, and painful, but, um, but you're better for it. I, and I mean, what else can you ask for coming out of that? Wow. Well, here's the thing. That's awful. (laughs) And now we have to talk about ugly, right? That was just the bad. So, but I mean, people need to know the truth. Like, you could have gave up. You could have quit. You could have thrown in the cards and been like, I'm done. I'm tapping out right here. Uh, but you didn't, you know, and that's part of what makes you invincible. Like we get to decide how we're going to respond in those moments. And I find that looking back, that those are the ones that define us. They they make us better. And we're so grateful because when things are going great, we're the teacher. But when things aren't going great, we're the student, right? That's when we're like, Teach me everything I need to know. And so I I find that we're so grateful in the end. It's even as hard as it can be. So let's go ugly. Are you ready, Stacey Francis? I'm I'm ready for ugly. Um, Okay. Tell us. So when I, you know, started the firm, as I mentioned, I started it pretty much on a shoestring budget and um, you know, both for the charity and and Francis Financial. And I couldn't afford a staff. Um, and my maternity leave for my son was three days. Um, had a hard time walking yet and was, you know, at my desk at the office, um, breastfeeding. It was very hard. He's now uh, 17 and a half. It was a little better with my daughter. She's now 14. Um, hers was three week maternity leave. And it was just brutal. And I, to be honest, um, as much as I planned, as much as I did things in advance, I missed out on a lot of things when they were little. And I, I struggle with that. But I will tell you that I feel really fortunate it's helped me appreciate the time I have now. Mm. Um, my relationship with my kids are awesome. I, I love them to pieces and I'm able to be super active with their, you know, parent teacher association with, um, you know, the treasurer of their, their school, uh, going to all their presentations. My, my daughter and I do indoor skydiving together. Who knew that I would be doing that? Um, it's just been really great, but it was that really hard time being away from the kids, being yeah. in a really tough place financially also that has really prompted me to, to, to really relish all the moments that I have now with them. Mm-hmm. And how important that is uh, as well. And do they even remember that? Do they do they, they talk don't. about that? They don't. Um, which thank God. Right. That's a way. Yeah, that, I'll be honest. That's what I was banking on. But um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the stories we tell ourselves to get through. Right. You're like, right. oh, they're never going to remember that. Oh, uh, and it was true. They didn't. But they remember now and they're going to remember for the rest of their lives, the life they live right now, the dream home, the having more time with dad, the things they do with you like they are going to they're never going to forget that. 
they're going to take that and they're going to go into their adulthood and they're going to, you know, go into parenting with everything that they learned from you. Isn't that amazing? It's almost like a scary responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. They're watching. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and actually I have to say one of the things that I continually remember because I do have a, a habit where I love my job so much. I tend to, I have to be careful. I don't overwork. And my business coach said something to me. She goes, you know, I just want you to know that your children are watching you. They're learning and you're teaching them how to be a successful person in their career. And what do you want that message to be? Do you want that message to be that you're overworking and you're so tired that you can't spend time with them? Or do you want that message to be that we're always going to work on balance? We may not be perfect, but we just go back and we work on balance again. And wow. I mean, especially because she said, especially your daughter's watching you. I was like, oh my God, you're right. You're right. So I actually have a chart that I keep track of my hours each week and I do not work more than 50 hours. And I know that sounds like a lot, but for people in my profession, people in New York, that's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, And I, I hold myself accountable every single week and I have my little chart so that I can't lie. And um, it's been, it's been so good for me. Really has. I love that so much, Stacey. That is amazing. And they're, you're teaching them how to do it right. And I, I just love that. And they're going to grow up and they're going to do the right thing too, right? Because you, you and your husband were great models for them to learn how to do it right. And what a work ethic, right? And they're going into this different world now, right? The, the post pandemic world where anything goes, you can live anywhere, work anywhere. And with that work ethic that you taught them, I mean, gosh, 50 hours, that's like being on vacation, right? For what you used to do. Um, it's, that's amazing to me. That is so amazing. And as far as going to work on three days after having a baby, I couldn't even get dressed. I don't know what you went to work in, uh, but I couldn't even dress myself in three days. So I don't know how you did it, but you are amazing. And your, your commitment to excellence and to, to the passions that you have and, and the dreams are, is just unbelievable. It's just Mm. unbelievable. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kimmy. And thank you for doing this. This is so empowering because again, we, you know, we don't see, we don't see the backstory. Right. And it's so powerful that you're shining a light on that. It's really important. It is so important because you are invincible and no matter how great you are, you need to be reminded that you are and, and that other people need to know. And I love that. Oh my gosh, what a great conversation. Thank you so much for being with us and for sharing so authentically, uh, you know, all of the things behind the curtain and just the valuable information about finances and investing and all of the things for women to be more prepared and especially for savvy ladies for the work that you're doing to these for these other women who maybe don't have the resources to get what they need and here you are providing it to them with your team for free it's just amazing and unheard of and it's such an honor to have you here and to spotlight you with us today on she's invincible and Oh, we just have to say to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but you just heard from Stacey Francis and she is like 
retiring her husband. Not that he's going to retire because he'd be bored, but, but you just heard like, what is it you want in your life? What are you willing to do whatever it takes to get? Where, where are you fueling your passions? Where are you putting this energy? And I love what you talked about, Stacey, about what you focus on grows, right? It's like you said, like, you know, put it, tracking your food, tracking your money, being aware, understanding how your decisions affect other decisions. You guys, you can do it. Whatever it is you're going through, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but I know this. If you're face down on the ground right now, you got to get back up. Even if it feels like you can't do it, we're here right now, Stacy Francis and me, and we're here telling you we know it feels like you can't do it. That's what it feels like. But the truth is, you can do it. Just get back up. Tell them, Stacy. You can do it. Uh, trust me, I've been on the ground so many times. <laughs> right? We spend most of our time on the ground, you guys. And you can do it. And you will as soon as you get back up. Because you can do anything. You are invincible. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.